everybody. Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram's at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 127. The Chiefs have won the title. It was a great game for most of us. Not so much for Kyle, but a lot of Super Bowl talk. Some NFL talk today, too. Uh, uh, NBA talk today, too. I didn't yeah. do it. Big trade deadline. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on over the last few days. Uh, but I guess we'll get right into it. And my opener is going to be something that doesn't relate to any of those things. And that's pitchers and catchers beginning to report over these last few days. And primarily tomorrow and over the next week when the rest of the teams report. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that everybody who's playing in the World Baseball Classic had to report as of yesterday. So that's good. Uh, and then tomorrow is the main day for the A's pitchers and catchers oh, specifically. Yeah. And then next Monday will be when the rest of the team support or uh, reports. So that should be exciting. Uh, and it means baseball seasons is it's on the cusp. Yeah. Well, the best thing I saw, part of the NFL honors, Darrell Rivas, Joe Klecko, finally inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's very exciting to see these guys. You know, a guy like Rivas, I had his jersey. I watched him play. He's in the hall now. It's crazy to think. And uh, since there's two Jets inducted this year, there's a good chance they play in the Hall of Fame game. You can. Yeah. Something I haven't seen us do ever. And I guess uh, I might as well go into uh, the Jet report right off off of that and skip over a Mac Player of the Week for a second. Because speaking of the NFL honors, two Jets won. The rookies, Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce Gardner, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Awesome to see. I know, um, you know, Garrett Wilson didn't have more first place votes than Kenneth Walker, but he had more votes total, and that's how they do it now. Either way, I'm happy. Uh, Quinn and Williams and Sauce also getting deploy votes too, which is awesome to see. Uh, only team with with multiple deploy votes, so it, it's it's pretty good. And I guess one more thing to mention, not that uh, it's very surprising but the jets are going in on a veteran quarterback that's what the owner woody johnson said so now we just sit back and wait yeah uh for the raiders i guess going on the format that did as far as honors go i guess jacobs was the only raider to really be talked about at the honors show and he got like the jim brown award or whatever they're calling it uh where it's the league's leading rusher is now on award so Josh Jacobs we'll as the it. league's leading rusher yeah. got that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then besides that, it's just primarily Derek Carr stuff. Uh, today was the day where we officially released him, which is very sad as far as my eyes go, because, you know, as a Raider fan, that's all I've really known being how old I am. And just when I really started getting into football was right when Derek Carr got there. And so in his nine, 10 years that he's been with the team, it's always been Derek. So with him gone, it's going to be a little interesting, uh, but I'm excited for change. Uh, but what I will say, I, I see these Raider Twitter accounts talking about, oh, we have got like $50 million in cap space, but if we trade Waller and Renfro, then we have $90 million in cap space. <laughs> and I just don't understand why that would seem appealing to other people because – if you're going to trade Waller and Renfro, you're just going to use that money to go sign somebody back that's worse than both of those dudes. So what's the point? 
you don't you don't gain anything out of it. And As A's fans, we know all about it. <laughs> exactly. Just keep your guys, especially the ones that have made Pro Bowls and and, and good teams like that. It's you got to keep Waller and Renfro. You got to. I agree. Moving into the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, uh, with the Super Bowl going huh. on, I think it was pretty easy to uh, <laughs> determine who was the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, considering he's a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that's Patrick Mahomes. 21 for 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. The yards don't stand out to you just because it's under 200. But, I mean, this dude was crazy. He, he was playing so good. I feel like we should also mention how good Jalen Hurts played, too. He had four yeah. total touchdowns and nearly 400 yards. Uh, but of course that one costly fumble pretty much cost them a game at that point. So Patrick Mahomes, Max sports player of the week. Oh, Patty. It's trivia time, Skeller. Okay. I don't know. I saw that there was a Fox documentary on this, uh, last week, but I saw Charles Woodson post about it. So that gives you a hint about one thing here. There has been 10 players in football history to win the Heisman and be inducted into the pro football hall of fame. 10. They're called the perfect 10. I'll give you a hint. Charles Woodson's one of them. Yeah. Can you name the other nine players? Roger Staubach. Yep. Let me, let me get the uh, clock going. I'll give you two minutes for this as well. Okay. Too. Okay. got to give, I wasn't thinking college. Man, I got to turn on the college football clock for a second here. Um, There's only one name that I didn't really like fully recognize on air. Herschel Walker. Uh, He is not one. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is one. That's a good question, Kyle. You know, I do my my sporkle quizzes sometimes when I'm bored at work, and Heisman winners was one of them like three months ago. But I don't remember. Um, I'll give you a hint. There's three Raiders on this list, two besides Charles Woodson. Marcus Allen. Yep. While you're on the topic of USC running backs, think about another famous USC running back. OJ Simpson. Yep. Thank you. Um, While you're on the topic of killers. Think about this other killer. No. <laughs> Let's get in there. Um, Doug Flutie's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is he? No, I didn't think so. Uh, let's see here. Did Aikman win? Aikman is Aikman. not. Uh We go old Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe is actually not on here. Oh damn! Yeah, twenty seconds. One more Raider, uh, Stabler. Nope. It's more recent than Stabler. More recent than Stabler. Five, um... four, three, two, one. Uh, any last guess? Dan Marino. Dan Marino is not. So you got four out of the nine uh, with Charles Woodson mm. not being included in there. 
Simpson was kind of a, you know, like a guided one there. You got Staubach, uh, Mark Allen, and Barry Sanders pretty good. The other Raider was Tim Brown. So that was one. Uh, and then Damn. Paul Horing. Yeah, that's a guy from the 30s. Doke Walker, who I've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, and then the two that were names that you probably should have known or probably couldn't, you know the names at least, were yeah. Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett. So yeah. that's the perfect 10. They had a documentary on Fox, I guess. Okay. Uh, it just premiered like last week or whatever. So I guess we could watch that at some time if yeah. You know, we'll expand on the perfect 10 knowledge, but that's going to do it for that. <laughs> that's a good uh, one. Next Kyle. week, there'll be another good one. Maybe more baseball related, perhaps. Okay, okay. Uh, but let's move into where's your head at, talking about the Eagles and Chiefs first, because uh, we got to do the season grade for the two teams that we haven't yeah. done that for. Uh, and I guess we could also do the biggest offseason needs, stuff like that, that we've done for every other team so far. So starting off with Philly, the Super Bowl losers, what do you have for their season grade and or biggest need? Yeah, they get an A, man. They made it to the Super Bowl. They were, like you said, pretty much one play away from winning it all. And uh, I didn't expect this at all. It's an A. Uh, biggest need, you got to get some new coordinators because they both got hired today. And get some secondary players, too. Your free agents, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Bradbury. Um, use one with the 10th pick and maybe sign a guy, too. Try to bring bring C.J. back if you can. That's the biggest need. Yeah. Uh, for Philly, I gave them an A. I think probably could have gotten an A plus if they won, you know, the Super Bowl, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go one one grade lower at an A. Uh, and then for the biggest need, I said add some O line depth with the looming retirements of Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. That those will happen within the next couple of years at point. the most. Yeah. Uh, secondary help for if CGJ goes, of course, the coordinators. Uh, but I also had add a running back on here. And I know Miles Sanders had a good year and Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott are solid two and three backs. Uh, but if you have an opportunity to take a guy like B. John Robinson and you get a very legitimate top tier running back in the system, it's it's going to be impossible to guard because they have the three insane targets of Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. You have Hertz as a runner. You have Hertz as a passer. And if you had B. John in there, it is he might run for 1500 yards rookie year, like rookie Zeke type numbers, but yeah, that's what ha- okay. had a running back, uh, Kansas city, obviously going to be an a plus, but what is their biggest need going into the off season? You'd say, I'm going to say, get some more receivers because I, we know they tried to rebuild it this year, losing Terry kill, but Juju and Michael Hardman, both free agents again. So that's going to be a big one. Also at a pass rusher. Carloptis uh, is all right, but it, you know you, you can never have too many pass rushers, especially with the young secondary. That is the biggest thing you can do to help them out. We saw with the Eagles when they didn't have a pass rush, secondary kind of got exposed by Mahomes. Yeah. For Kansas City, obviously A plus, uh, and then what I had as my need for them is figure out a way to keep Kadarius Tony healthy throughout the entire season because he is like one of the best players in the entire league with the ball in his hands. He's so shifty uh, and they found a way to obviously use him in that pre-stamp motion where he had that touchdown on the fake jet sweep and then jet back uh, and got wide open there. He had the electric punt return a couple plays later. I 
think, or maybe has a couple plays before, but mm-hmm. regardless, he had that long punt return uh, and really just watching all their games throughout the entire year. Whenever he got the ball in his hands, the first guy's not getting him. The second guy probably won't either. You're going to have to send an s- entire army to go take him down. Cause he's going to, you know, l- do moves that look like he doesn't have any ACLs. Uh, and so you got to, <laughs> you got to find a way to get that ball, the ball to that guy more often and keep him healthy and playing 18, 19 games a year, uh, including like a deep playoff run. Dude, getting him and Pacheco for so cheap is going to keep this team afloat a lot longer than, than people expected. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, But obviously that ship of Kansas city runs on a couple main engines, Andy Reid being (laughs) one, but we'll also got to talk about Pat Mahomes uh, and where he ranks on the all-time quarterback list now after his second Super Bowl and second MVP in his just first five years of playing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think right now already he's uh, top 25. You know, few have won two Super Bowls and MVPs in their entire career. He's already done it, which is is pretty nuts. You know, if he stays healthy, his career projection is going to be in the 2 to 10 range behind Brady. Guys like Peyton, Rodgers, Montana, Breeze, Elway, Favre, and all the guys from the 60s. Uh, he should be in that range. If you mean, you know, right now, based on talent, he's probably a top five guy I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, pick your poison out of those three groups. Uh, a very good quarterback. Yeah, I went with number three all time. I think uh, I put Tom, number one, and Montana, number two. And then I have Pat at three, Manning four, and then Elway Rogers at five. I think the, those make sense there. Uh, but when it's all said and done, it's it's going to be TB12 and Pat mm-hmm. neck and neck at, at that point. There's It's going to be like the LeBron-MJ debate, I know. like it, It's kind of weird because we're going to talk about how you know, Tom Brady was carried through all these things and, you know, he had Gronk and the best defense in the league so many different times. But Mahomes probably will end up getting all these records that Tom Brady has. He'll probably probably won't win as many Super Bowls just because seven is an insane it's amount impossible. of numbers. Yeah. But he's probably going to have the all time touchdown list. He's going to probably have the all time passing yards list. And so you'll have the counting stats. Uh, but just not the durability is Tom Brady because, you know, 46 years old. I don't think Pat Mahomes is going to want to play that long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but number three for Patty's where I have. Let's move to the other side. Talk about Philly for a little bit. This year kind of shocked everybody as far as how good that they'd be as making the Super Bowl just in general is pretty nuts. Uh, but was this kind of a one-off year? Where they fizzle out a little bit next year, they have a couple free, looming free agents. Uh, Miles Sanders, Johnson Gardner Johnson, obviously just lost both their coordinators, offense and defense, to head coaching jobs. So will they be back in the Super Bowl in the near future, or will Philly kind of fizzle out here with the other teams coming up in the NFC? Philly's not done. Luckily for them, the NFC is horrific. They lost yeah. Brady, possibly losing Rodgers and more. Their schedule will definitely be tougher next season. I probably wouldn't bet on them to repeat, but they'll be in the hunt for sure, and we saw in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is going to be a star, if not already, right? Mm. Yeah, I, 
I don't think it's going to be a one-off for, for Philly. Maybe they don't make the Super Bowl next year, but they'll make it again within two to three years. Cause when you look at the landscape of the NFC, it's just the Niners. It's literally just the Niners as far as competition to a, a championship tier level. Uh, I was talking to Skylar about this yesterday. Look at the AFC as far as teams that can have like a legitimate, you know, push as far as championship contention goes. Obviously you have the Chiefs, but you have the Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers is there if everything goes right with Kellen Moore. You have the Jags who are up and coming. I know they're not really in that tier yet, but Trevor Lawrence is going to go into year three next year and he's already won the division in year two yeah. uh you have a, if lamar jackson goes back to baltimore they're obviously going to be something if deshaun watson turns back into what deshaun watson has been in earlier in his career they're going to be something over there in cleveland and then you have all the afc east teams who are kind of in that spot as well too We're all pretty similar. so <laughs> it's a two-horse race in the nfc and in the afc there's 10 teams and i think when you break it down to that point looking at philly's point of view it's it's pretty easy to say that they'll they'll be back over the next couple of years yeah is it a little bit too early is it too early skiller it's never too early it's way too early but we're gonna do it anyways <laughs> 2023 nfl award Four. predictions we can look back right? at this in oh yeah 2024 but yeah. it would be the 2023 season yes, i guess yeah, yeah. but yeah so these awards will be announced in 2024 but uh, we'll start with the defensive rookie of the year, Scott. We'll start off from, I guess, the okay. bottom here, if you want to look at it that yeah, way. Yeah. Who's, who's going to be the defensive rookie of the year next year? I'm going to go with probably a very unpopular opinion, but it's going to be Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. Here's a guy. There's no Sauce Gardner in this class. There's no one on that level, even though it is a great DB class. So this is going to be the guy with the most deflections, interceptions. He's a ball hawk. He's like the zone coverage version of Trayvon Diggs. So that's why I'm going with him. I'm going with the easy pick, Skyler. This guy would have been the number one overall pick last year yeah. in the draft if he was able to declare. I'm going with Will Anderson. He might have 15 sacks in, the, in year one. That's true. Moving on to offensive rookie of the year. It's got to be B. John Robinson, right? This guy is so freaking good. He's going to start immediately wherever he goes, and it's probably going to be a contender, too. That helps him. Yeah. Uh, the running back uh, kind of falling off as far as like not being taken highly in the draft is definitely going to help B. John now, especially in the awards category early in yeah. his career and yardage and all that stuff because he's going to go to a good team. He's not going to be taken top five and Unless have Atlanta a shitty old line. Crazy, right? <laughs> he's going to be on a good team regardless of where he goes. And I think that's going to be my choice too. I was very tempted to put a quarterback just yeah, because whenever there is a quarterback who's doing decent, they tend to just give it to him. Uh, but I, if B. John goes for 1500 yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns, like I said earlier, he, he probably should win this thing. Coach yeah. of the year. I'm going to go with Doug Peterson, Jacksonville. I think uh, we've, we've talked about this a whole lot, and you know my stance on Jacksonville. I think they're going to be the team that dominates the regular season over the next 10 years. They're going to win 11, 12 games just because their division doesn't seem very competitive, at least right now. And, yeah. uh, and I, I think they're going to win 11, 12 next week. I think everything's going to click for them, and they're probably going to get smacked in the playoffs, but they're going to look awesome in the regular season. I decided to go 
with Dan Campbell for my okay. uh, coach of the year. Cause with, with this award, you kind of have to see who, you know, isn't the best right now, but kind of will stand out next year. Cause that's 10 tends to be how the co- coach yeah. of the year award goes. It's never going to be, you know, Andy Reid again, unless they go 17 and zero or I don't know, some, some top of the line head coach that's been around for a long time. It's always that guy that's kind of just really scraping like stardom as far as the coach goes and they get it that year. Uh, so I want to thank Campbell. I think that division is going to be very open, especially if Aaron Rodgers is gone. We saw how, I guess, fortunate you could call the Vikings for their one score games and that, those outcomes throughout the entire season. So they're not going to be 13 and three or 13 and four, whatever it was next year. Uh, and the Lions made a lot of steps in the second half. They went, I think, seven and one in the last eight games or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And they the only loss in there was to Buffalo and I think that was a Thanksgiving game. I'm pretty sure, but it's got to be Detroit, man. They're probably going to win a might, might be 11 <laughs> to 12 games too. So we'll nuts. see how that goes. That would be uh, crazy. It just sounds stuttered there because it doesn't sound real. <laughs> the being Detroit and making the playoffs, but Dan Campbell's got his boys biting kneecaps off. Just like he said, they would defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. I think he's got something to prove. And I mean, for the first half of the last two seasons, he's looked like the best defensive player. And then he just hasn't been able to finish it numbers wise. But I think this is his shot this year. Yeah. I'm also going with Parsons. Uh, I think what you'll see, I don't obviously I haven't heard Skyler's offensive player of the year yeah. pick yet, but these are my picks going into this year as far as the guys. Uh, and so Parsons at deep boy, Skyler said it, he's going to have a great year. Uh, and obviously he's just that young guy. He's kind of started, not starting to get into it because he's been good for a long time already, but feels like a deep boy is going to be thrown in there at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. And this, this upcoming year seems like a good time for it. For Opoy, I stuck with Jettos. Me I too. think that's, that's that's a pretty good point. I guess clearly so. the best offensive non-quarterback in the league, and that's how this award's been going. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chase yeah. could Which go nuts, but but you know, I don't see any reason why Jefferson would would not repeat what he did last year. Exactly. And another guy too who is like in a spot where he's not even in his prime yet, and he's putting up like not just record breaking numbers for the first three years of a career, but Vikings records with a, a team that had Randy Moss and he's putting up records that were close to Cooper cups last year. And when Cooper cup broke every, nearly everything as a wide receiver, uh, MVP, who do you have here? I'm going to go with Joe Burrow over Mahomes. Uh, we kind of saw in the second half of last year, Zach Taylor and the Bengals kind of abandoned the run game a little bit because it was working. And they were the hottest team in the league in the second half of the regular season, at least. They got something to prove, obviously, as well. That's kind of my theme with my picks for the awards. And um, I could see them going for 50 touchdowns. I decided to go away from Joe Burrow because I think since he's kind of prone to having those slow starts as the season goes, they did the last two years, and I know – things ended up being fine once the season got rolling yeah. and stuff. But at that point, it kind of felt a little bit too late for an MVP. So I decided to go away with that. Uh, and I, I went all reliable with Pat. I oh, think okay. uh, people, I, 
you know, this might be a LeBron effect thing where LeBron, you know, probably should have won the MVP every single year from 08 to 2014, but he didn't because people were so used to him being good and kind of just overlooked him. Uh, But Pat's going to probably have four touchdowns next year. He's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards. He's probably going to be on another 14 and three team or 15 and two, 13 and four, whatever it may be when the AFC West and I mean, how can you not pick them? It just seems yeah. too too easy to pick. Wouldn't be upset with me. I went, you know, with uh, give me some more odds, you know, with Burrow. Yeah, but it's it's a very similar pick. <laughs> um, on to halftime. Starting off with the coaching carousel, Skyler. Oh yeah, there's a couple big ones today. We're all filled now, man. We'll start off with the Colts. They get Shane Steichen, the Eagles OC. Um, you know, I'm not upset with this. Uh, we heard the rumor today with the press conference was he wants to get his own quarterback, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, I'm happy for Indy, man. This seems like the guy. However, with the Cardinals of Arizona, Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator from Philly, I don't personally dislike him, but I have to say this is not the right hire. You got Eric B. Enemy. You got both Cincy guys available. Uh, I don't think Jonathan Gannon would be a better head coach than them. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I gotta say something about B. Enemy. Yeah. And, and with the rumors of Andy Reid like possibly retiring going on before the Super Bowl, I know he said afterwards, "I'm staying here." Blah 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 blah. But do you think part of the reason why B. Enemy has not taken a job somewhere else or hasn't gotten hired, whatever it may be, whatever that reasoning is that he's not taking the job. Do you think that could partially have to do with Andy Reed's looming retirement? And that, you know, if Andy Reed retires, the guy is going to be Eric B There isn't going to be any other option there, I'd say, except for maybe Spags. If, if he wants to stick around mm. and, or Matt Nagy, he, he could be the guy, but, uh, <laughs> That's got to be it, right? Like, yeah, gotta I think be it. there's got to be a good percentage of why he hasn't had a head coaching job is is on him because he hasn't wanted one yet. You would think, right? Because it's just nuts mm-hmm. that he hasn't had this opportunity yet. So, uh, you know, a similar thing happened with Todd Bowles. He he could have went to the Raiders, a couple other places, uh, two last year, two years ago, uh, but he stuck around because he knew when Arians retired, it was his job. It's possible. All right. Well, anything else you got on the coaches? Happy for uh, these guys, obviously. Hope they do well, but uh, a little skeptical about the Cardinals are. Fire McDaniels. That's all I got. Okay. Well, uh, we got one more carousel here, part of halftime. It's the quarterback carousel. If you didn't know, some notable quarterbacks will likely be moving here. So we're going to talk about some of them, where they could go. We'll start off with Derek Carr because he was officially released today. We know he's met with the Saints, he's met with the Panthers. Uh, that's an open division with Brady gone. So uh, those are two spots. And this is likely going to be the first domino to fall. That's why I have him at the top here. He can also sign earlier than anybody else. He can yeah. sign now if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a spot where it's pretty advantageous to him as far as getting like the first pick and the head start on all these other guys. Yes, and uh, apparently the Jets have been trying to talk with him today too, which is cool because I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah. And those are are pretty much the only three I've heard so far. Uh, The next guy, Aaron Rodgers, 
He's got the darkness retreat next week. And the interesting thing about this is we don't even know if he wants to leave, if he's going to be available, but we have heard Woody Johnson trying to recruit him, the Jets owner. We've seen Devontae Adams try to recruit him to Las Vegas. So this is another situation where we just got to wait because he loves to troll the media and he, he loves does. to take his time. So it might be his favorite idea. thing to do. Oh, man. The next guy, Lamar Jackson, another guy who might not even be available. But I imagine if he was to be available, didn't sign that big contract, he would have many suitors. And we've heard Jets, Falcons. I, I am sure the Raiders would be in on him too. And uh, even people we, we wouldn't imagine to be in on a quarterback would try to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. The next guy who will be available, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a t- lot of talk yet for Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like this is the last domino out of the big names to fall. You know, if the Jets or Vegas, uh, who both have ties to him, were to miss out on one of the top guys, I I imagine this would be the safety blanket. Yeah. Never want to end up with uh, Jimmy G. I'll just say that. You don't want to end up with Jimmy G. If you think that's bad, bro. Ryan Tannehill was talking with the Jets today. Ryan Tannehill and the Jets have a, a big he's connection. Agent? Uh, no, I don't think so. So that one scares me a bit. Uh, I, I, Ryan Tannehill would probably be on the bottom of my list. Uh, a couple more names here, though. A couple things I wanted to mention. Kyle Trask. Uh, many Bucks players believe he's going to get the starting job next year. It's cool. It's cool. I agree. I agree. Uh, there were some rumors that he couldn't learn the playbook fast enough, but I mean, he's had two years now. Maybe he has. Maybe it was yeah. a smokescreen, whatever. And like I said earlier, uh, the Colts, Steichen wants to draft a quarterback. That's possibly the top team that could trade up to number one now that we know that they have the offensive mind in the building in Indy. Yeah, you, you see what Jim Irsay said today? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that Alabama kid uh-huh. for for quarterback as if he won't say his name and doesn't just completely hint that he is looking to trade up for the number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. That was part of uh, my reasoning here was Jim Irsay. So thank you. And that's about it right now. We know Sam Howell is probably getting the job in Washington. And other than that, we just got to sit back and wait once again because we're at the very beginning of this very long process. I think I saw 72 days away from the draft, but the combine soon. We got that. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for halftime. All right. Again, started with the second half. Now we're talking basketball. It's in that February, March, April type months where we're talking basketball because there's not a ton of other stuff to talk about. Uh, But basketball has still been interesting, especially since past week in the trade deadline. Oh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, the main trade that we saw, I saw when I was laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep, was Kevin Durant being traded to the Phoenix Suns for Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, one other player, and like five first-round picks. Jake Crowder. Jake Crowder was in there. He ended up getting flipped to Milwaukee, I think Mm -hmm. it was. Uh, but a 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029 unprotected first-round picks. We know one of those is probably going to end up being good because you're probably not going to be good for six more years if you are Phoenix. Uh, so let's just go right at it. Are the Suns favorite yeah. to win it all now? No. Uh, it's still going to be Boston, Milwaukee, Memphis, Denver, and I think that's the right way it should be. But this is still a massive deal. 
Okay, KD, he's considered a top 10 to 16 player of all time. However you want to spin it, that's the truth. Mm. And only six players in that group have ever been traded while they were still playing at a high level. This is massive. They're going to go on a run for sure in the next couple of years. You know, it might be tough this year with all the injuries Phoenix has had, but I'm not trying to take anything away from it saying they're not the title contender. You know, this is still something we need to watch. It's every night. Yeah. Uh, I will say they're not this year. Specifically, uh, Boston, Milwaukee, and Denver are the three teams I'd definitely put ahead of them. Uh, Some people like Philly. Some people like Memphis. I think I'd put Phoenix over those two teams. But I think the Phoenix window is a lot shorter than what a lot of people think. Because when you look at Chris Paul, how many more years does he legitimately have of being a decent basketball player? He's taken a little bit of a step down this year, and I'd say one to two years max. We know DeAndre Ayton, who has actually been pretty damn good this year, didn't want to be there going into the season. He signed that offer sheet with Indiana. Uh, and then Phoenix matched it, said, fuck, no, you're coming here. You're staying here for another four years. So we kind of know that his his mind is there. And if they don't win within another year or two, he could be a guy that asks out. Uh, and so I think they have a one to two year window to win. If it's not this year, it's got to be next. Uh, and when you look at Denver, look at Boston, look at Milwaukee, those teams aren't going away. Boston's going to have their core for another three to four years at least. So, I don't know. You got to find a way to play. Uh, And I just don't think that they're on the caliber as far as those other three teams go. We look at the other side of it, though, with Brooklyn and how they have just completely changed their roster over the last two to three days. Or not two to three days. Two to three weeks now at this point with the Kyrie and Kevin Durant trade. They added Mikkel Bridges, added... Uh, of course, Cam Johnson flipped Jay Crowder, but they also got Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith from the Kyrie trade, as well as those four to five first-round picks that they got from those two trades combined. Uh, they've lost the two games since they've started with that new squad or whatever you want to call it. But what does Brooklyn have? Are are they yeah. are they done? Are they something that we can look at in the future? Say this team's gonna be good. Well, what do you think of this roster and capital, I guess, too? I don't think they're cooked yet. There's some guys I really like, Bridges, Claxton, Cam Johnson, but they're all wings. It's going to take some time to reconstruct this whole thing. And I do want to let you know, Kyle, and remind you, the last time Brooklyn was a part of a trade like this, with this many picks given up, it was Garnett, Boston and two, Pierce, Terry, And Boston got Tatum and Brown from that. So I think the overall goal of this trade is to build through the draft. And since they have so much capital back, you know, and they're not a horrific team, I think this could still work even if they don't start tanking until uh, like 2027. You know, that's how Boston did it. And they were in the finals last year, even though it took them 10 years. Yeah, I I really like these moves for, from Brooklyn's perspective. When you look at KD, Kyrie, that team that they had, it was a good team. It probably, you know, top four, top three team in the East at, at the lowest. Uh, but they weren't going to win a championship with that squad. They just weren't. It wasn't meshing well. They didn't have – it just didn't fit. 
whatever it was, regardless, Ben Simmons, James Harden, Katie, Kyrie, whoever it was, it just wasn't working. Uh, and when you look at the roster now, it is a very, very deep roster. And I think they have a lot of the guys under the same, I don't know, motive or, or vibe sure. where they kind of were unwanted by their squads and they got traded away for stars, whether it is Ben Simmons, who last year got traded away from Philly. You have DFS and then Woody, who got traded away from Dallas for a bigger star. And you have Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, who loved Phoenix, probably the two likable, two, two most likable dudes on that entire squad who got traded away for Kevin Durant. So you have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of guys on those teams who they don't have anything to lose now at this point. And I think, you know, it hasn't worked out in the best in their first two games, but it, they make the play and they find a way into a seven game series versus a Philly versus a Cleveland, whoever it is. I wouldn't be shocked if they take a team down and make it to the second round. As far as the future goes, they have a good future. Yeah. Uh, Mikael Bridges has really kind of started to blossom this year. When Booker was out, Chris Paul was out, whoever was out, he kind of had to start playing more with the ball in his hands rather than being an off-ball guy. And he's became more of a shot creator. Dinwiddie's a guy who's going to average 20 points a game. Cam Thomas can shoot the ball whenever he wants. They got a lot of shooters. Uh, so I think they'll be good for a couple of years. The picks are going to be interesting when those start to become good picks from whether it's the Mavs or Phoenix, whoever it is. Yeah. Uh, but they, they should be a solid team. I don't know about title contenders for the next, you know, five or 10 years. I like it. Looking at the Lakers too, because we got to talk about them. LeBron just Rachel. broke the record a week ago. Uh, I feel like we should also mention him as the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, too, because that was pretty big what he did. I didn't realize uh, that was the same week. It's been a crazy I, week. I'm just not realizing that, too, yeah. because I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, but the Lakers, they made a lot of moves at the deadline, getting rid of Russ and bringing in Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, as well as D'Lo in that trade. And then they trade mm-hmm. away uh, Pat Bev, get Mo Bamba. <laughs> which is interesting. And then of course they traded for Rui uh, about a month ago. Now at this point. So how yeah. much better are the Lakers after the deadline? They've been, I think they've been one and one since it might not be by much, but they're a better team before the deadline. I would say their ceiling was probably the 12 or 13 seed. Now I can realistically see them getting to the seven spot. You know, D'Angelo is clearly the better of the Russells, but look at the other stuff. Like you mentioned, you know, at the start of the year, Matt Ryan was playing a lot of minutes. Now his minutes are replaced by Vanderbilt and Hachimura. That's yeah. crazy. Even Malik Beasley, we were talking about this last night, how he could possibly be a nice scorer off the bench. He led the team in scoring last night. It's coming together. And again, they did lose by 25 last night. They though, did so lose I by 25. That. They probably won't win a playoff series, but they're actually going to get to the play-in they're instead formidable. of being the 13 seed, like, like we thought a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. I think that's worth talking about. Yeah, they are in the 13th spot right now uh, behind OKC in Portland. The only two teams that they're ahead of are the two teams that are have the worst record in the NBA, the Spurs <laughs> and the Rockets. Uh, I just I don't I, I can't see them making the play in, man. I, I still can't. I think they, they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball now at this point. Uh, LeBron's hurt. We don't really know his timetable, mm. but he has like a contusion or whatever it is for on his thigh, leg, something like that. Uh, and OKC plays good ball ahead of him. Portland, we know, is competitive and can kind of, you know, stick around as far as being that middle of the pack team. And then the four playing teams that you have right now, Utah, Warriors, 
Timberwolves, Pelicans are all better than the Lakers. And I know the Warriors lost to the Lakers a couple nights ago, but that's besides the fact. The Warriors are a better squad than them. Uh, the good thing that is for the Lakers is that they're they're only, let's see, five games out of the four seed. So that's a good thing for them. <laughs> However, when there's so many teams, you know, within that fighting range of going from four to 13 within a couple games, it makes it so hard to move up because those teams are also all playing each other and someone's got to win those games. So you're going to see, you know, team go up, go down, go up, go down, go up to down. You're not going to see, you know, consistent rise within the ranks unless you go on a eight, seven, nine game win streak, whatever it may be, you have to go on a streak and the Lakers just do not have that capability against the teams in their conference. When injured. All right. Yeah, when injured or yeah. healthy, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, last thing that we got to talk about, though, or teams, yeah, is the losers of the deadline. There's always going to be winners, whatever. However, you want to break down the Kyrie, KD trades, uh, Russ, D'Lo, Mike Conley trade. I guess that's a big one too. Uh, what teams lost the deadline? Didn't do as good as you might have thought. Didn't add anybody. Maybe they kind of just took the wrong direction uh, for the deadline. Yeah, I'm going to go with Boston as the losers of the deadline. I think Muscala should be a nice eighth man for them. But when this is your shot to go all in, you got to do something a little different here. You know, the Celtics fans, I hear them all the time say how underwhelming Brogdon and the Williams. Williams? Son? No. Yeah, Williams, not Williamson. I'm not talking about Zion here. Yeah, that's yeah. a typo. My bad. The Williamses have been underwhelming. And I'm very surprised they didn't do anything uh you know, hearing all of these wing guys who were allegedly available. Uh, I also word to throw around. Allegedly, it's a yeah, big word. You never know who's really available. Speaking of my, you know, co-winner here or co-loser, I guess I'll go with Toronto because uh, allegedly everyone on that team was supposed to be up for sale, but they didn't do anything because maybe they think with KD gone they can actually do something. But I think it's this is the wrong direction here. You're just delaying yourself another year. Uh, you know, Siakam gets hurt, then there goes his trade value. Uh, when you could have gotten shit, the people have been handing out five of everything. Mm-hmm. Five second round picks, first round picks, whatever it is, you could have grabbed some of that if you wanted, even for Fred Van Vliet. So uh, I think they missed an opportunity there. Yeah, I guess somebody was offering any Tim Hortons gift cards to Toronto because that's what they were <laughs> looking for in return for Spicy P or Freddie V. Uh Losers of the deadline, first of all, I'll speak on the Raptors a little bit too because they should have been sellers. They're not in a spot to win a championship, and when you're not in a spot to win a championship, you either got to get better to be in a spot to win a championship Mm. or you got to get worse uh, and, you know, kind of retool things. They added uh, Jakob Pertl. So not only did they not sell, they added somebody who doesn't fit at all in what they do uh, and – now, I mean, they're four games under 500. I mean, do they got to deal with San Antonio? Like, hey, if you, you help us get Victor, we'll help you out in a couple of years from now. <laughs> I don't know. They're drafting Mikey Williams <laughs> in the second round. That's what they're doing with all these second round picks. Uh, but the loser that I mainly want to talk about is Sacramento. Uh, they uh, didn't do anything at the deadline, I, I think, at all. And I think maybe they signed somebody out of the uh, buyout pool, whatever it's called. People are calling it now. There's a term for it, but Sacramento is good. 
for the first time in like me and Skylar's entire lifetime, it feels like. Obviously, they were really Weber. good when we were like first born. <laughs> yeah. But they are are good for the first time in our like basketball like knowledge as far as mm. us being aware of of sports. Uh, and they just didn't do anything to really turn them into a title contender. I think they got a little bit too content with the beam team. You know, we're fun to watch with a small market team. We have a couple of fun players that are really good, but it's like the dubs of 2012. It's like, you're obviously missing something. You can't just write it out. Yeah. They just don't have the piece for it. And I think they could have, you know, KD probably wasn't going to come to Sacramento, yeah. but they probably could have made a damn good <laughs> offer for him. Uh, when it comes down to a trade, and I think with the team that they have right now, this would have been the perfect time to go and try to swing something for Kevin Durant. Maybe they were in on offers and they didn't get anybody. Uh, but possible. you look at Toronto, could have been a you know a OG and an type guy to add, uh, or I don't even know. Like get everybody, get everyone from they, Toronto for all your picks. <laughs> they should have done something. <laughs> they should have done something. Whether it's you know, going all in for a guy like Cat or something like that in Minnesota or some something along those lines. They should have done something Damn. big to try to go at it because this is their window and they haven't had a window in a long time. And they just uh, they kind of sat around and was content with, hey, we're the three seed. We're not going to choke our playoff spot uh, and we're going to make the playoffs and host the playoff game for the first time in forever. <laughs> uh, but it, it's not going to turn out well for them. It just, yeah. just won't. Let's get into our layups and bold predictions, Skyler. We're done with where's your head at. Uh, last week was a rough week for me. You got your layup, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my layup was Eagles minus one and a half. Skyler's was Kansas City plus one and a half. So at least one of us Boom. was right there. But that was a lock for one of us to be right. So yeah. I guess it feels good. Uh, this week, I have Memphis minus seven and a half at versus Utah, not at Utah. That is tomorrow. Last game before the All-Star break, I think. I think Utah's just going to mail it in. Memphis is really good at home. Like, give me Memphis seven and a half. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with some some all-star stuff here. I'm going to go with Team Pow to win the Jordan Rising Stars tournament. That's Pau Gasol coaching Paulo Banquero, Benedict Matherin, Jaden Ivey, Scotty Barnes, Jose Alvarado, Keegan Murray, Andrew Neiman, Nabard, Nam Nambard. The guy from the shooter from Indiana, you know I what know I'm talking, talking about. about yeah. Uh, but yeah, that this looks like clearly the best team to me, and they're just gonna play each other in a bunch of scrimmages. And I like Pogasol, so yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, for our bold predictions last week, uh, I had Dallas Goddard touchdown minus or plus one seventy five, not minus. Uh, that did not hit. Skyler had Travis Kelsey. First touchdown at plus 600. You got the second second touchdown. Uh, So that's too bad he couldn't take that line. Uh, This week for bold prediction, I don't have one, man. I really don't. There isn't anything that appeals to me. I'm not going to throw some random, you know, underdog that plays in a basketball game tomorrow. I don't understand, or I understand, but I don't, you know, knowledgely understand all-star weekend as far as yeah. like the guy's odds and and what should happen and all this stuff i like your pick though uh and so i'm not gonna tail it either but okay i don't know well, i don't have anything that's all good if you think of one tweet it yeah, yeah. okay so I, I really like this bull prediction man i'm gonna go with donovan mitchell to win the all-star game mvp okay steph curry's not in this game we've seen the past couple years 
If Westbrook's not in the game, it's usually some kind of shooter that takes it over. We've already seen Donovan Mitchell drop 70 in a real game this year. We know this guy could do it when he gets hot. And I imagine it'll be pretty good odds. So yeah. going with in Donovan Mitchell. Utah too. Yeah. Not to mention. So that was that's going to do it for uh, episode 127. The, the 127 club. We made it past. Usually people die off it. at 27. We made it past 27 plus 100. Yeah. Uh, and we'll go on to the next one, of course, as well, too. Uh, it's going to be fun over these next few weeks. We're going to start talking World Baseball Classic. Uh, as those yeah. rosters were released this past week, we're going to start talking just the MLB season in general. NFL draft. NBA playoffs will come up. Yeah. NFL free agency will come up. The mm-hmm. NFL draft, like you just said. Uh, over the next few months is a, is a pretty exciting time in the sports world. So, yeah, I guess we'll see you in the next one. I'll see you next week. Go team uh, Giannis, I guess. Go team Powell. Go team, team Powell. Powell. Go team Powell. Let's go. There we go. <laughs>